0: The Numinous Podcast, with Carmen Spaniola.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is brought to you by the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to serve a greater good. And do you know what I mean by that? Do you know what I mean by wanting your self-awareness to serve a greater good? It means that for you, it's not enough to just want to manifest for your own sake. You want to develop your spirit, your soul, your intuition, because you really want to put that in service of something greater. And I'm really excited because my guest today is L. North a woman who is doing exactly that. She has two of the qualities that I most admire in a person. Number one, she's intuitive. And number two, she's a designer. And she combines that to create beautiful websites for spirited entrepreneurs. I connected with Elle over Skype. She was at home in Portland, Maine.
0: So Elle, how did tarot come into your life? Um, Tarot came into my life. Kind of unexpectedly, I was at a cafe and there were three people there who were offering five-minute tarot readings for $5. And so I was like, why not? It's $5. So I signed up and the tarot reader actually ended up spending about 40 minutes with me for $5, which was a pretty good deal. That's awesome. (laughs) And she, you know, pulled these really interesting cards that I kind of knew nothing about, like the High Priestess and um, the Magician and the Hierophant and a lot of major Arcana cards and a lot of other powerful minor Arcana cards. And by the end of the session, she kind of convinced me that I needed to at least buy a tarot deck. (laughs) So... I went out and I bought my first tarot deck, which was the Herbal Tarot. And this is about nine years ago. And I just kind of became obsessed in a way. (laughs) I I would um, every night make time to just shuffle the deck and pick a card. And then I would look in the little white book that comes with the deck of cards and see what it meant. And then I would take out my journal and I would write down my own interpretation of what I saw in the card or since it was the herbal tarot, what the herb that was associated with the card meant to me and like what its medicinal properties were. And that kind of was what launched me into being into the tarot wow. that was my introduction <laughs> that's really cool i've never heard of the
1: herbal tarum so i'm gonna definitely mm. get the link from you and and put that in the show yeah. notes. but it's let's gorgeous. just assume that a bunch <laughs> of listeners don't know what you were talking about when you said the major the minor arcana and i do yeah, want to talk yeah. to you about some of those major arcana cards because of course they're so compelling and and mm. so uh I, you know, I don't, I, d- I do use a tarot deck. I use the Mythic Tarot by oh, cool. Juliet Sharman burke and Liz Green. Uh, but it's because my mm, soulful lineage, I guess you'd say, is with mm. the Pythia and, and Women of Prophecy and the Oracle. And so since that deck is based on Greek archetypes, I'm I'm frequently like way off the page. So if a person was like, what does that card mean? I'd be like, what are we talking about? Because I'm kind of, I'm I'm more into the myth and story. But for the purposes today, I really want to focus on kind of the more traditional understandings. So can you just maybe give a, a quick definition or orientation to people about what is the difference between the major arcana and the minor arcana?
0: Yeah, totally. So, um, the major arcana is a set of 22 cards. And like you had said, they symbolize these really interesting archetypes. They're very powerful cards. So, some of the names of the cards, for example, are the magician or the hermit or death, even. So, when you see these cards, they have a really full story behind them. Um, if you think of a magician and all of the Um, images and stories that you have associated with the word and the image and the idea of a magician you kind of in a nutshell get what you feel when you pull that card the magician card from the major arcana and then the minor arcana is separated into four suits and sometimes they vary depending on what deck you're using but Generally, it's the wands, the pentacles, the swords, and the cups. And those suits are—they kind of remind me more of playing cards, where they're numbered from two or from yeah, from two to ten, and then there's a king, a queen, um, a page, and a knight. And then instead of having a one, there is an ace. So it's very similar to a playing card deck. Um, And then each of those cards kind of have stories or advice. And you can usually, when you look at the card, kind of glean a little bit of what it's about just from the pictures that you see on the card.
1: Mm -hmm. So there's a whole layering process with tarot because you talked about the four different suits. There's the Mm -hmm. wands, which generally I associate with creativity, imagination. Um, I often kind of get a real entrepreneurial vibe um, mm. From that, what else would you say they're, about
0: the, the 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 wands? They're fiery. So that yeah. so you, when you have that creative, entrepreneurial, like that spark that you have when you're creating something, it's from the wands. So if you think of like a magic wand, like the fairy godmother, and it mm-hmm. has the the like little orb of glowing mm-hmm. stardust at the tip of it, that's kind of where that that spark comes from. And what do you so associate
1: you, the pentacles with?
0: The pentacles are. They have two associations for me. So I see them as coins, which is a traditional view. Some decks even say, instead of pentacles, they say coins. Um, So it does have that financial prosperity, abundance connection, but it's also very associated with the earth. So you can kind of connect that with abundance by seeing like the harvest. A cornucopia is like an abundance of Food that you know comes from working the earth, mm-hmm. so it has to do with career, prosperity, um, mm-hmm. being rooted, feeling secure. Your home, like a root yeah. chakra. Sort of. I really
1: of get feeling. also, yeah. When you talk about the home, I often when I'm if if Pentacles are there, I'm also thinking about family and the physical right. body. I'm really kind of mm-hmm. yeah. It's the sensual world. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 Like the pleasures. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. A, And then what about um, the cups? So cups are, if you think of when you hold a cup, it usually has water in it. And water is associated with the emotions. So cups are a suit that deal with our emotions and our feelings. Um, And they're also kind of intuitive. Like if you're kind of gazing into a cup of water, you might see a reflection of yourself, but morphed in a way that's a little bit different. So it Mm -hmm. goes along with imagination and intuition, a little bit of creativity, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely a emotional heart chakra kind of suit.
1: Yeah. And I I often kind of put in there too that you're plumbing your depth. So it's the subconscious, mm. it's the unconscious. Yeah. It's your dreams. diving in. It's the it's the right. parts too that are really kind of murky. Like it's not always clear water in, <laughs> Yeah, you're diving yeah. into. It can be, you know, like the the really um the it could be states of confusion and you know that kind of depends on the card. But I but I often think right. like the cups are like that's the whole deal it's kind of the interior landscape whereas pentacles is kind of the exterior and then what do you associate with the wand or sorry the uh, swords
0: swords are I kind of have a love-hate relationship with them (laughs) because a lot of the yeah like the sword (laughs) images when you look at them they can be a little gruesome but the swords are associated with air if you think of like swishing a sword you can hear the air moving around the sword, like the, um, (laughs) um, so if you see it as connected with air, it's very mental. So I'm a Gemini. So when I think of the swords, I kind of think of my own Gemini personality. It's a um, suit of communication of mental issues. So if you kind of are dealing with a good sword card or something that you see as a positive sword card it might be showing somebody who's swiping through mental obstacles so it kind of deals with your thoughts and your words and how you can use those to your benefit or if it's your thoughts that are you know keeping you up at night Mm so nightmares and things like that
1: absolutely yeah i often with swords yeah a lot of them are very sort of um anxious (laughs) yeah angsty cards (laughs) but but i often get to the idea of like perspective truth Mm. you know it's like Mm -hmm. fresh ideas um it can be innovation it can be so it kind of has both that dynamic um mental intuition kind of, uh, association for me of just like having that bright kind of like beautiful mind, but it it can also be about like, what, what are your hard truths? Like, Mm. you know, like what's your vision? What's your why in your life, you know? So, okay. So when you're working with, uh, the tarot, how does your intuition come through like you know I was saying how I I'm not I don't do sort of the traditional traditional meanings with my deck and I would imagine mm-hmm. that your messages are coming through a lot of different ways so are you yeah. a hyper visual person like you're you also are a graphic designer so yeah that's kind of my projection <laughs> is like oh she must be very clairvoyant but how, how how does your intuition work when
0: the tarot is your tool um so I Usually when I, when, when I first started reading cards, um, I would, you know, be with my friends and be in my apartment. And I kind of knew a little bit of what the card meant according to like the two sentences in that little white (laughs) book, you know, but I would, I would just pull the cards for them. And then all of a sudden these words started coming out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And then after all the words were, you know, done, I would think to myself, like, where did that come from? Like, I didn't know that I knew those things or I have no idea how I saw those things. And that was kind of the beginning of me realizing that I have a strong sense of clear cognizance. Mm-hmm. So and clear so, sense
1: of inner knowing where it just like right. truth comes yeah. fully formed and you don't know how you know, it just is there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just kind of comes. So that was kind of how I started to work with my own meanings for the tarot was I would pull a card and then I would just write in my journal and I would kind of see what came up for me whenever I picked a certain card. Um, And then I kind of went from there with studying um, different books on the tarot and seeing what connections were made with the traditional Rider Waite deck Mm -hmm. and applying that to what I saw in my deck and kind of combining the two and then a lot of times, I'll be doing a reading for somebody and using the context of what it is that they're working with in their own personal and spiritual lives. I'll pick a card and I'll see something that I hadn't seen before in the card. and it was almost like it's a message just for that one person that I'm doing the reading for. Mm-hmm. And it just might, you know be a connection between two cards or it might be something that I, seeing a card in an analogy is just made in my mind. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's it just kind of appears and I write it down and sometimes they'll say, "Like, where did that come from? That doesn't make any sense. And then I'll say it to my clients and they'll say, Oh my gosh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. How did you know? Or that made a light bulb go off in my head. So yeah. And you're I, like, I, I, I didn't just... know. I was just right. talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah.
1: I, it was exactly like that for me too, where things would just start to come through. And I would say that all of the other Claire's developed more over time, but it was the clear cognizance for me too, mm-hmm. where it just the words just came through and this like weird analogy would come and people would be like, Oh my God, I totally had, you know, I, I said yeah. this to a woman the other day. It's almost like you, you know, you're falling down and moving forward at the same time it's like you don't know where you are and anyway at the end of the reading she was yeah. like I, f- I had a major fall off a horse wow. not long ago and just as you were talking about it I was in that moment again and I was like isn't that huh. funny because I'm like it's kind of like <laughs> and right then I right up with this super specific like, no weird yeah analogy. I, and she's like it, yes
0: that it used to totally freak me out I I'd had instances of this since I was really small Mm -hmm. and my mom would sometimes tell me like yeah you said this once and I don't know how you knew that or you know like just things would come out of my mouth and it was almost like I was telling a story Mm -hmm. you know I was just kind of playing with words and so it can be a little frightening at first but then I think the more you kind of use it and the more you you know, say things to people instead of holding it back and saying, oh, this sounds crazy. You know, like the more you kind of use it, I think the more it's like you kind of understand the gift mm-hmm. of, of this Claire.
1: That's neat. So when you were a kid, uh, were you like always interested in crystals and the Greek yeah.
0: mythology and that kind of stuff? <laughs> I was, I was definitely a weird kid. Like I, um, became obsessed with the Beatles when I was four and I so like I would listen to um, the song and the beginning of the lyrics is close your eyes relax and float downstream Mm. and I had this like little place in my room and I would sit and I would listen to that song and I would close my eyes and it would be like a guided meditation for me (laughs) before I knew what guided meditation was because I was you know, yeah. four in the 80s. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I was always kind of interested in the, you know, mythical stories or crystals, um, energy healing, things like that. And I um, worked in a health food store as a teenager and we had an excellent book collection. Mm. And I would work there on Sundays when – We had hardly any customers coming in, so I would just pick a book and sit at the register and read, and that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different healing modalities or herbalism styles, and it kind of was a great experience. So it sounds
1: like tarot was just the tool that came that kind of unlocked, or how
0: would you describe what it did when
1: tarot came into your life?
0: I I would say it unlocked – maybe more of my spiritual self that I didn't really know about. I think I didn't think that, um, uh, I, I don't know if I knew exactly what I was capable of, I mm. guess, before the tarot came into my life. And that's kind of was what happened to kind of set off a long string of events and maybe like rapid succession. So mm-hmm. after, I studied the tarot, I kind of realized that I had intuition. And from there, I started studying Reiki. And then I started looking into crystals. And then I started developing my intuition even more. And it was kind of like one thing led to another, but then it spiraled. Mm So it it just sort of was a it was an interesting catalyst it to have the tarot come into <laughs> yeah
1: awesome. okay so before I, I we go further I, you mentioned the Rider Waite uh, deck mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some other ones just like for listeners that might be interesting so the Rider Waite is kind of like the Naple Ultra right it's the Mac Daddy of all the yeah and, <laughs> the uh, <Mac> <laughs> and and then there's the Marseille deck which is kind of like it's euro, right? It's kind of got a different style yeah. to it. Um but yeah. I I found that a really fun place to look at um reviews and things of decks is on eclectic tarot. Do you know that yeah. website? Yeah. Yeah. And so they have all those they have reviews of so many different um tarot decks and it's all user reviews and you can often mm-hmm. see a lot of samples right. of cards. You yeah. can use that one too.
0: Yeah, I really like using that Website And I also like searching a specific card on Pinterest and seeing when images come up. And sometimes it won't tell you what deck it's from, but it's just a really visual way to kind of see, you know, like how many interpretations of the Hermit are there and kind of get a broader perspective of how artists interpret that one specific card.
1: That's very cool. Okay, this that's perfect because I do want to ask you about the Major Arcana and um what what some of your favorite cards are in that cuz it it's, mm. it's, it's like i said it's compelling it's fun and we're dealing with archetypes anytime i yeah. see major arcana cards come up i always think like oh this is this person's soul speaking directly to me right now <laughs> like never mind the kind of you know the level of the mundane everyday this is like okay this is something is erupting
0: <laughs> the yeah, very root yeah. of your existence
1: here so tell me about <laughs> your relationship with some of your favorite major arcana cards
0: Um, So I really like um, the Hierophant and the High Priestess. Those are probably my two most powerful cards. Like I feel a really strong connection with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel a strong connection with the Hierophant probably because I'm a teacher through and through. In addition to teaching yoga and tarot and crystals, I also work as an art teacher and I work with um, homeschooled students as a Mm. kind of tutor so I feel really a strong connection with the teacher aspect that the hierophant speaks of Um, the hierophant's kind of seen as having a like a key like the key to wisdom Mm -hmm. and he also has kind of a there's kind of like a slight negative side where the hierophant is seen as being really boxed in and having traditional views and not thinking outside of the box. But I like to say I'm breaking the hierophant mold by, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> by the way yeah. that I teach. Yeah,
1: cool. Well, and I often, you know, the hierophant has that um, – you know, frequently depicted, uh, pointing above and pointing down. Right. So, right. so it's yeah. like, I always see him as sort of the conduit between the, you know, the, the celestial and the mundane or the noble and the rest yeah. of like wherever you're kind of trying to find flow between different worlds. Um, he can show you and teach you and, and, uh, yeah. and, and, but I often also kind of get that boxed in thing. It's sort of tinged with melancholy for me. Like I, I often sort yeah. of associate a bit of a almost like a wounded healer kind of thing
0: with mm, the Hierophant. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I, the Hierophant also, um, he's usually some sort of religious, you know, like a priest or he kind of has that. So I think sometimes in the tarot we see a priest and I think people who were raised strict Catholic mm-hmm. and now they're looking into the tarot, they might feel like a little bit of, you know, childhood like, oh, you know, that was somebody who was really restrictive when they mm. see a priest. That might be the thought that comes to mind. Mm, right, right. I and think so- it might be our own like negative connotations and at play there.
1: Right. And then the high priestess, you know, just recently mm. I saw the movie uh, Maleficent.
0: Oh, that's so good. I yeah. love that movie. And so suddenly
1: I'm <laughs> like, now I'm going to associate that character and Angelina Jolie. Because yeah. Because it's like, it's the light in the dark. People are complex. Right. There's nobody. <laughs> you know, anyway, wait, tell me yeah. about your interpretation <laughs> of
0: the High Priestess. I really enjoy the High Priestess's like air of mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, she she has a crystal ball and she can see what's going on inside of it, but the you know, the observer looking at the card can't really tell what's going on. So she does have that, you know, dark, mysterious uh, air to her. Mm-hmm. Um, She usually is shown with a crescent moon, which I'm really attracted to. It's a symbol of new beginnings and also of intuition. Mm-hmm. So I like that combination of new beginnings and intuition mm-hmm. kind of forming together in, in one card. Yeah. She's She's a really great kind of like character to... in the sorry. Oh, she's just a really great character. They kind of see them as characters or like <laughs> friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a good friend. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> she's awesome. I like hanging yeah. with her.
0: Yeah. I also I like the, um, the
1: High Priestess a lot as well. I really uh, relate to her and appreciate her and I think um, I also think of like you know, myths like the um, like Persephone. You know, yeah. like going into the underworld or um, Inanna. Like, there's some like sort of classic magical women uh in in myth and and so whenever I hear about those powerful uh women who are working with the mystery I think of I I think of uh the high priestess archetype being really alive and and actually now I'm gonna I can't get Maleficent (laughs) out of my head now I'm like right there's like it's fun to think about like modern like people that you you would know as public figures and icons yeah different kinds of like you know if you (laughs) kind of shift it to like okay so if Angelina Jolie is the high priestess who's the empress and it's like there's the obvious like a Michelle Obama or somebody who's like a woman who's kind of like the the, you know the woman behind the man or the woman who's like actually Michelle Obama is perfect because she's like gardening she be, on the yeah. White House lawn right like right, that's very right. <laughs> yeah who like so what how would you describe the Empress card because I think a lot of people kind of want to make it pretty hierarchical which it, it isn't these are these are archetypes but the Empress right. is one that I think a lot of people
0: want to get in their reading <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's I see her as kind of the the classic, like, the mother of the tarot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's really grounded and nurturing, and she has, um, you know, this definite feminine, sensual nature about her. Like, I think she's totally okay with embracing her sexuality, and she, you know, is the, a caretaker, but she's also really knowing. Like, you know, your mom kind of always knows what's going on. Like, she can mm-hmm. kind of Just look at you and know if you've had a bad day. I think that's kind of the the intuition and knowing that the Empress has. A little bit different than the High Priestess.
1: Well, yeah, actually, and it makes me think of, um, in a more modern or contemporary um, Christian perspective, you might say that you know Mother Mary would be the Empress, whereas Mary Magdalene would be Mm, the High Priestess, right? It's like kind of like slightly different. tone yeah
0: <laughs> you know? yeah
1: but equally strong uh feminist figures yeah <laughs> and, you absolutely. know primary and central uh characters if you will in in a particular myth right yeah yeah and so <clears throat> How then, when you are, because you're a graphic designer as well as all this, you do really <laughs> beautiful work um, oh, on your you. own website and other clients and who are doing healing work and intuitive mm-hmm. work. So how does the tarot inspire you in your work, if at all? Like, do you do
0: any ritual or do you oh, draw yeah. cards? Yeah. Oh, I, I have a few ways that the tarot kind of started to sneak into my design work when I was first you know kind of offering that as a service to other people and then i realized that the tarot was kind of like knocking on my graphic design door like let me in we need to i mean i need to be a part of this so yeah. we, um, we
1: we've set up a, a an
0: advisory council we've got you know, right. yeah we'll
1: give you some feedback we're here
0: to help yeah. <laughs> totally yeah so um i i've had a few people actually come to me and say um, I really resonate with this card in this deck and um, I want that sort of feeling and imagery to be a part of my logo or um, my brand resonates with the high priestess or I really like the two of cups in the wild unknown um, tarot deck. So like, mm-hmm. people will kind of come to me with an idea of a tarot card and wanting to integrate that into their brand or their logo. Mm. And so then I started asking people in my intake form, what tarot cards resonate with you? And then I also asked them, you know, is there a crystal that you feel resonates with your brand? Or is there a herb or a tree or an archetype that really resonates with you? And um, usually that's kind of my base points. And then I'll sometimes draw a couple of cards before I start to do my sketching process of figuring out, you know, what, um, like, elements I want, what fonts do I want to use, what colors do I want to bring into this, and usually the, the cards will kind of give me a few nudges along and... Yeah. That's kind of the start of the intuitive process for how I do design work.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So if yeah. somebody uh doesn't know what card mm-hmm. <laughs> resonates with right, them, right. how or like yeah. was there like a like a book, you know, there's Rachel Pollack has seventy eight degrees mm-hmm. of wisdom and you know, yeah. the wisdom at the tarot, there's a whole bunch of kind of classic books. Um, but was there a resource that you started with or soon after
0: you first got the herbal tarum yeah. that you think would be
1: I, a good um? Uh, I, I actually
0: yeah. I, I actually don't know the name of this book, but I, this is kind of one of those coincidence stories. So I'll tell you even though it, it won't be helpful because I don't know the title of the book. But I um a week after I'd gotten the herbal tarot and I was starting to to write my kind of intuition and how I thought certain cards were speaking to me, I went to the library and they had a shelf for free books that you know people were just giving away and the only book on that shelf was a beginner's tarot book. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess this is for me. <laughs> but That's I actually awesome. don't have it anymore because I um threw away a whole bunch tarot of stuff. Now. Right, yeah. right, right. But my my favorite book right now is that seventy eight degrees of wisdom mm-hmm. by Rachel Pollock, I find that book to be fascinating and that's a book that I can kind of just I kind of use it as a tarot card
1: in Mm. a way I'll
0: I'll, or a tarot deck I'll just kind of like flip to a certain page and then I'll read about what card comes up Mm. so it's it's definitely been a really fantastic resource and I really love how she dives really deep into the cards it's not just Mm. a a superficial especially with her major arcana interpretations Mm. it's you know, she has like five to ten pages sometimes on mm-hmm. a certain card. So I feel like she kind of helps me to deepen my my knowledge of what each card, you know, traditionally meant. And then that kind of led my intuitive mind to go a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, she yeah. she is the mistress of all yeah. tarot for sure. <laughs> okay, absolutely. So, El North, as a tradition on the Numinous podcast, we end with a question from the Proust questionnaire. And that question is, what do you consider perfect happiness?
0: Mm, Perfect happiness. I guess for me, perfect happiness would be a sense of, I guess, freedom from desire for more. Mm -hmm. So to be just content with what is, with, you know, the lack of desire without needing more and seeing the, the good in the moment. I guess that would be my. That is my beautiful.
1: I, I feel oh, that like warms my heart. I'm I'm very content with what
0: is Does that me? Make- and I <laughs> desire no more in this happiness. moment. It's so I ex-
1: yeah, that's so perfect. Thank you, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank
0: you, Elle. thank you for having me. It was an honor. It was so great to talk with you.
1: Okay, that is what I was talking about at the top of the show. This idea of. Putting your intuition to work to serve a greater good, I think plays really well with what Elle was saying there about her notion of perfect happiness. It's freedom from the desire for more. There's an underpinning of gratitude and uh, relishing in the richness of life as it is that I think is just beautiful. I want to thank Elle for being on the show. I hope you enjoyed her as much as I did. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it far and wide with seekers just like you because you never know who needs to hear it right now. And I want to give a shout out to my listeners in Romania. I don't know if I've said hello, but thank you for spending time with me. This is the magic of the internet. It's so delightful that you would spend time with me. Thank you so much. If you'd like to keep exploring the great mystery of life with me, you can just go to my website, CarmenSpaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A, and just click the link for the numinous school in the top right corner. And until next time, take care.